the fact that we are in a pandemic right now has thrown a lot of the and all the restrictions that come with that the social distancing self-isolation the uh, restriction on travel all of those things have thrown people you know off their balance and uh, understandably a lot of people are simply waiting for this to pass in order for things to return to normal mm -hmm. and my suggestion is that instead of doing it that way think about and this may seem a little pessimistic a little dismal um, yeah. a little morbid but proceed as if this is a new paradigm oh i get so you i understand of, yeah <laughs> so think of this as an opportunity as you mentioned earlier in in the podcast bio um that people are now forced to rethink, restructure, reimagine, retool, and update their business models, their survival strategies, their income um, streams in such a way that they are that they can survive a, an extended pandemic. Because despite what people are saying about you know things will return to normal in this month or this season or next year. Honestly, no one knows. No one things knows. Can change. Things can change in a split second. You have one uh, super spreader uh, situation, and all of a sudden, all of your hard work can go down the drain, and things can change. So, no one yeah. knows when things will return to normal. And anyone who says they can predict it is lying. Yeah. Um, maybe not out of evil intent, but they're, they're hoping to build uh, hope you know, and, and positivity and, and optimism, which is a good yeah. thing. But for those of us who want to act more realistically, I think it's best to proceed on the assumption that this is the new paradigm. This is the way I'm going to uh, need to do things. So if you've now been forced to transition your business and do things more um, pandemic style, there are a couple of things that I suggest that people keep in mind about and we mentioned one or two of them um, before mm -hmm. but these become particularly more important now and one is think globally welcome to sun chasing success a podcast for online entrepreneurs authors and influencers worldwide we are here to enhance your quality of life while helping you build location independent businesses we connect listeners with guests insights and discussions from the sunny coasts of the USA to the crystal blue waters of the Caribbean islands. Fascinating dialogue from the enchanting beaches of Brazil to the majestic shores of Africa. Each week we deliver specialized knowledge, wisdom, strategies and tips to enhance your success, freedom and fun under the sun. Now here's your host, Bayo Oloronto. Welcome everybody, this is Bayo with Sun Chasing Success. We've got another amazing episode today, and uh, this is a very, very great guest. I've known him for almost 20 years now, uh, learning about entrepreneurship. His name is Walt F.J. Goodridge, and he's a former civil engineer, and he was a frustrated employee who quit his job to escape the rat race and pursue his passion for writing and helping others. And he's the author of Turn Your Passion Into Profit and over 24 unique books and products based on his passion, profit, philosophy, and formula. So Walt escaped from America to live on Saipan in 2006, and he's written several books about Saipan and Guam as well. 
and he received a Senate resolution for his contribution to CNN My Society for his many websites, books, and projects. He also writes freelance articles for the Saipan Tribune, uh, Meridiana's Variety, and Guam Business Journal. He holds a Bachelor's of Science in Civil Engineering from Columbia University in New York and is originally from the island of Jamaica. And Walt is going to be one of our featured guests here on Sun Chase's Success to join us on a regular basis and help us really uh, hone in and implement key strategies and important cornerstone principles essential to online business. And today he's going to share some information and inspire us with ideas about turning your passion into profit even during these pandemic times. And so his website, you can, you can uh, find all his great books and information is passionprofit.com. That's www.passionprofit.com. And without further delay, ladies and gentlemen, author, passionpreneur, nomadpreneur, career coach, blogger, and speaker, Walt Goodrich. Welcome. Hey, Bio, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Me here. Uh, with all that great introduction, you'd think I'd have a better webcam for my. Uh, <laughs> hey man, we're we're making you. We're making it work. We, you know, some people are going to see this on YouTube. <laughs> other people are only going to hear us. So either way, we're fine. You know, okay. we'll make it through. I think they can see us good. Great, great. Just one thing. Uh, when you mentioned the introduction, you mentioned uh, CNMI Society, and for people uh -huh. who don't know, I'm okay, here on the island of Cyprus which is actually part of something called the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands. So we say CNMI, CNMI for short. So uh, for people who might have been confused by what you were talking about, I just wanted to, <laughs> to clear that yeah. up. Yeah, thanks a lot for clearing that up. And uh, so it's been quite a journey for you. I mean, we're talking about from, now you grew up in Jamaica, right? Or Yes, that's correct. How many years were you in Jamaica before you uh, lived in New York? I came to America when I was about nine or 10 years old. I have to be careful about giving certain details about my age because- <laughs> Okay, okay, <laughs> no worries. My, that's one of my secrets. <laughs> I gotcha. came when I, was, uh, when I was nine years old. Okay, and so this is interesting because uh, I met you, I think it was around 2003. You had a book about starting your own hip hop record label called Change the Game. And I was in the D.C. area. Some people have heard on, on uh, this podcast me talk about some of my journeys from Virginia to D.C. to New York. And it was in that time span that I ran into you. And uh, your books were always amazing to me. And then a few years later, you were like, hey, Jamaican leaving New York. <laughs> I'm going to Saipan. So, so yeah. you know, I've, I've always found your story interesting. And uh, I think it's really amazing. Uh, give us a little bit of that background for those who maybe haven't uh, met you or heard of you. Just give us that feeling of, of that growing up in New York, you got a degree in engineering, and then you made this transition. Can you just give us the summary of how that process went sure. for those who don't know? Sure. Uh, as mentioned, I was born in Jamaica, West Indies, went to school there. My early schooling and education was in Jamaica. My parents moved me to the United States, and I went to high school, went to college in the U.S., um, majored in civil engineering. Now, the only reason I ended up in engineering at that time was because when I was in high school, my guidance counselor, Ms. Charlotte Huey uh, from England, she said, you're good in math and science, you need to be a civil engineer. So at the time, you know, uh, I was doing what every good student does. I just followed, you know, what my counselors and 
of teachers and um, relatives said I should do. So I went into engineering. I went to Columbia, uh, majored in civil, graduated and uh, started working for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. I was working on the 72nd floor of the World Trade Center. Uh, this was before, you know, 9-11. And, uh, but I realized within the first 15 minutes of my first day in corporate America, I realized beyond a shadow of a doubt that I absolutely hated it. Wow. There were guys, there were guys there when I was uh, on my first day, first week on the job, there were guys there who had just started um, working there just like me. And they were already planning their entire 40 year careers. I remember it well. They were sitting there saying, okay, then I'll get to this position, then I'll get to that position, then I'll retire here. And so they, they were mapping out on their first week on the job, they were mapping out what they were going to do at the Port Authority for the next 40 years. Wow. That scared me. <laughs> that scared me. One, I hear you. I didn't really like I didn't really like engineering. I only chose it because you know it was okay. a little more interesting than the other uh, fields. But it just wasn't me. So I never really liked working. I never liked working for somebody else. Never liked working um, for you know a nine to five job. Right. Uh, but at the time, no one had ever asked me, you know, what is it that you love to do? I mean, that just wasn't the sort of thing that was a topic of discussion. You just did what was the the smart, practical thing to do. So I believe that that was what life was about. But I realized, as I said, that, that I was very unhappy. So I always was looking for a way to escape. I started a sideline business. I started, um, uh, when I was at Columbia, I did a radio station for a few years. So I had a little interest and background in music. Mm -hmm. I, was so, I was Sir Walt, the reggae DJ on WKCRFM New York. And from when I started thinking about what else I would rather do, I looked to the music industry and started manage, uh, designing uh, record labels, managing artists, and eventually started a record label with one of the artists and eventually broke that up and went my own way and uh, started my own record label, putting out uh, hip hop artists. And then I transitioned to doing something else. And the story, if you don't mind, I'll just tell you the no, story go ahead. about it. That's really um, critical to the, the yes. passion concept. I was running my record label for about a year, two years. We had a certain amount of success. We had our videos played on BET, on Ralph McDaniel's video music box. We had, you know, certain uh, successes, but the money wasn't rolling in the way I, I wanted it to. But I was still accomplishing a lot. So someone who had seen our records in a record store called me up and said, hey, you know, Mr. Goodrich, I saw your record label uh, in whatever record explosion in New York. Now, how did you get that done? What did you do to, to get your record produced yourself and out into the market? So for the next hour or so, I sat and I just told him, first you do this, then you do that, then you do this, then you do that. And after the whole um, hour and a half conversation, he said, wow, thank you for all that information. You know, I would have been willing to pay you for it <laughs> if you had asked me. And that's when the light bulb uh, went off. And I said, you know, at that time, this was in the 90s. At that time, there was no step-by-step -step guide for showing young hip-hop entrepreneurs how to release their own music and start their own record label. So I, with no writing experience, 
um, decided that I would sit down and write a book to show step by step how to do that. And um, I was still working as a civil engineer at the time. So I would, you know, go to work, get up six o'clock, go to work in the morning, come back, write my book uh, through all hours of the night. And at the time, there was a music industry festival called the Jack the Rapper Music Festival. Yeah, I remember that, um, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I wanted to meet, I wanted to debut the book at, at that um, uh, conference. So I ended up writing a 250-page step-by-step manual in, in four weeks. <laughs> wow, so my yeah. first book, and the reason I was able to do that is because no one ever told me, well, you can't write a 250-page book in four weeks. <laughs> so that's yeah. what I did. Um, but that was because I always had that desire to teach. Even when I was in elementary school, I was tutoring other students. When I was in high school, uh, I was tutoring other students. When I was in college, I was uh, teaching kids, you know, uh, other students, helping them pass their exams and get through. So I, looking back, I realized that the thread that was always running through my life was the desire to teach others. So that is why when I transition now to writing books, step-by-step uh, um, -step how-to books, that's when the success really came. And I was able to match my civil engineering income from the sales of that one book. So after publishing the book, release, you know, um, selling it through mail order because this was before the days of the internet, <laughs> I was making about 50,000 a year as a civil engineer. And I was making another $4,000 a month or so selling this single book through mail order um, with my PO box down at the World Trade Center. And so it, it, I can get into more details, but essentially yeah. I was faced with, it, with, with this challenge. And the challenge was, do I quit my job? I was making, I was matching my income um, and I went to school for four years, got a civil engineering degree and was making 50,000 a year. I wrote a book in four weeks and was making the same amount of money <laughs> that I was making as my first, but I still couldn't bring myself to quit my job. So okay. because I had the fear, that fear that things would just fall apart. So, um, so anyway, uh, I'll, I'll end the story there, but uh, to make it, to make a long story even longer, I ended up quitting my job, jumping out into my, on, you know, <laughs> on my own and becoming a full-time passion entrepreneur. So that's the story of how I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'll, I'll just ask, what was the final catalyst then when you, because you had the conflict, and I've talked about this on the podcast, a lot of people have that conflict. What was the final catalyst for you? Because you had the money equivalent to the, as we say, the side hustle money was equivalent to the job, and you, right. you felt this was more in your, in your purpose and passion and you knew this was, you worked so hard for the security and the, the grades and the degree. Okay, how did that scale finally tip? And then you said, okay, that's it, I'm out. It happened, it happened um, <laughs> as I said, I was always looking for ways to escape from the rat race. So at that time, when I was, I'd been working in the Port Authority for close to seven years, I had uh, been, I'd written my book let's say three years earlier. So during the fourth year of working as a civil engineer is when I wrote the book. So now uh, things are running concurrently, but I was still looking for opportunities to escape. So a friend of mine introduced me to a um, network marketing company called ACN. And I remember we that. Were, yeah. 
right? It's com you know companies like Amway, Merrick, AXL, uh, those sorts of companies, and um, multi-level marketing. And the part of the philosophy of multi-level marketing is they always encourage personal growth, personal development, reading books like Think and Grow Rich, The Power of Positive Thinking. You know, so it, because they understand that the success in any endeavor has to do with your mindset and how you think mm -hmm. and your thoughts. So I attended a, a, a workshop one Sunday. This was on a Sunday. We had something called a leadership training. And at that leadership training, you went through personality types. You went through the power of positive thinking. You went through, you know, all sorts of um, mental preparation for success. And something clicked at that meeting on a Sunday. Um, and I looked at my best friend who had introduced me to the workshop, a fellow named C. Thomas Gambrell, and we both just nodded to ourselves. We, we knew something had clicked and we had made that decision. So that was on a Sunday. On the Monday, I took the work, I took the day off. I took the day <laughs> off and I wrote, I wrote my two-line resignation letter. And my resignation, resignation letter dated August um, uh, 5th said, uh, please be advised that as of August 5th, 19, oh, I won't give the year. Okay, no problem. I, I shall no longer be employed. <laughs> I shall no longer be employed as a civil engineer with the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. So I wrote that letter on the Monday, walked it in on Tuesday, and handed it in to my boss and, and gave them, I think I gave them a week's notice and then, and then uh, walked away from the job forever. Okay, so that, that was, I mean, that's, because imagine the trajectory uh, once you did that, I mean, then you were out, you were, you, were, you were on your path, so to say. And I think that's really important because a lot of people, it seems today, have come to that trajectory by force. You know, some people listening to us, because of the pandemic, because of things that have happened, they've had the idea to do these things, and now they've kind of just been forced into it. So hopefully, ho hopefully today, because you have such uh, experience with this jump and this leap and you did it willingly, hopefully we can go over some of your material and some of your, your formula and philosophy and talk about what that's like after you've been, your, your, your hands have been dealt and you've, played, you've made this decision and you know how to proceed to grow from there. Because I know a lot of people Absolutely. have, you know, uncertainty and doubt, and we should definitely help them really realize that they can do it. That's the biggest thing I want people to get. Yep. You can do it. Yep, they we can. just need to and, get a process. They need the process, but you mentioned a very important part, is that now they have to do it. It's a must. <laughs> now, have now, to do it. Yeah. Now they, everyone has become a pandemicpreneur, as I say. So yeah, uh, you have to do it. And that was the thing that actually um, worked for me was that I realized that if I had a back door, if I had a, a, an exit strategy, you know, I would never really commit to the passionpreneurial business to the degree that I needed to in order mm -hmm. to succeed. So one of the reasons I quit my job uh, as a civil engineer was to put my back up against the wall, to make it an imperative, to make it absolutely essential that I succeed or else, you know, I would just, I would, uh, I would fail. But I made a promise that I would never, ever go back to working for somebody else. I ended up doing it. I moved to Maryland, Silver Spring, Maryland for a while, and I ended up doing some temp assignments. But I made a promise that I would never, ever go back and work for someone else, and specifically not as a civil engineer, ever, mm -hmm. ever again. <laughs> 
So that so that's important. That's important for people mm -hmm. to, to, to burn the bridges, as they say, and make that commitment inside yourself and promise yourself. And uh, there's a word that I always used to read, providence. It's like, I forgot the, the, the quote about uh, boldness has magic and genius in it. It's like when you have that commitment and that promise, things begin to fall into place. Maybe not exactly the way you thought or the way you wanted, but people should kind of keep their eyes open for that. What is your idea on, on how that works in your experience? One of my philosophies that I live by 100% is the universe is perfect. Mm. Um, so no matter what happens, everything that happens, everything that you attract into your reality, to some degree, you have attracted it there. Your, your, your um, soul has attracted it there in order to help you to move to the next level. You may not realize it at the time. It may not appear to be perfection. It may not be, um, appear to be divinely orchestrated. But as you develop this philosophy, you realize that whatever happens, uh, the universe is perfect. Whatever happens to you is happening to bring you closer to your goal. Once you start setting goals, once you start moving on the path of your passion, you will find that things get much easier because you are here for a reason. You are here for a purpose. And things happen to bring you closer to that once you have the courage and the discipline to jump out and pursue that passion. So I have found that things happen. And I also realize that when things happen, they may not always look like uh, what you would hope they look like. I'll give you an example. I uh, quit my job, but um, I ended up being evicted from my apartment three different times over the course of a few years because uh, if you think about it, I had spent all my life, all my education, learning how to be an employee and not how to be an entrepreneur. So when I quit my job and jumped out, I realized that um, the only reason the business was really successful, was really thriving, was because I had, I was funding it with the money civil engineering. Ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now that it, now that it had to uh, survive on its own, I realized that I was doing things the wrong way. So I, I was uh, able to make rent, fell back on my rent. My landlord evicted me. I had to live with friends, live, live on my friend's couch for a while, and then I got back on my feet and tried it again and we got the same situation got evicted again so i moved to maryland and, i've and, been uh, through 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 some of that right. too <laughs> so but I, I remember yeah. yep it's absolutely for me it was hard and i realized when i came home that that first day that first time and saw the eviction notice on my door i just crushed it up you know took it off the door crushed it up and just threw it and i I had a certain awareness that this is what needed to happen. Mm. I didn't, you know, go begging for the landlord to, you know, to give me some time. I just allowed it to play out because I realized that this is what had to happen in order to get me to the next level. So gotcha. sure enough, you know, I got kicked out. <laughs> and I mean, so there's, there's something that I, that I have in my book that I refer to as the reconstruction crisis. Reconstruction if crisis. Building, if you have a building, if you have a structure uh, on, a, on a, a plot of land, in order for you to build a new one, the best way is for you to tear down the old one and start building up everything from scratch. Especially if you want to build a stronger, um, you know, you can't build a skyscraper on the foundation of a shack. 
you know, right. so you have to tear everything down. And there's a part, there's a, a, a phenomenon that happens and I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in a lot of other, other entrepreneurs' lives where once they set a goal and start moving on a different path, the forces of the universe conspire to put them through a reconstruction crisis. They'll start having fights with their significant other. They'll, they'll you know, get it. Uh, they may come and get evicted, come home and get evicted. But things are going to happen that are going to spin off the people and the situations that are not necessary for you to achieve your dream. But if you don't recognize what's going on, you will think that this is disaster. Right, like many so people might think it's bad, bad decision. Oh, this was a bad decision, and that's why these bad things are happening. But you, exactly. you have to look a little bit beyond that and say, okay, something has to be re reconstructed in order for me to rebuild. Absolutely. And one of the first things that tends to go are the people in your life who are simply not vibrating and resonating at the same frequency that you are. And that might be your mother, might be your father, might be your boyfriend, might be your girlfriend, might be your wife or husband, it might be your best friend who's simply a, a dream stealer or, a, or just a negative force in your life. And you have to be willing to walk away. And for a lot of people who are attached to their families, <laughs> that may be <laughs> a challenging thing, but I really believe that you have to be able to look critically at the people in your life and realize that they, uh, they may be holding you back from achieving what you need to achieve. So you need to be able to walk away. That's something that I can do just because of my own um, personality. <laughs> but, uh, but it is a challenge that a lot of people go through that I, I, I um, at the very least, you know, I guess maybe you just shouldn't talk about your plans to certain people who can't understand them. But I take it a step further and I actually cut people out of my life because I understand the power that their negativity may have on my success. I remember a, a Jim Rohn quote where he said, uh, stay in touch, but just out of reach if you're dealing right. with, you know, because some people, you know, they want to be cordial and keep the relationships of their family and friends alive, but they don't want to allow it to disrupt their dreams. So, Maybe that's exactly. also a way just kind of, you know, because there is a boundary around what you can do with your life. And I think also Les Brown says, uh, don't let other people's opinions become your reality. Exactly. exactly. You know? And so those and are two that exactly I remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happens. If you, if you think about it, the reason that I ended up in civil engineering was because of following someone else's opinion of what my life should be, which, you know, uh, Miss Huey had all good intentions and that <laughs> is a practical decision, but it just wasn't me. You know, yeah. I have a lot of respect for people who, whose passion is engineering in whatever uh, um, um, format, but that just wasn't why I chose to come to the planet. And that, that brings us to uh, your formula. Uh, would it be good for us to go into that or do you think we should lay any more background for individuals before we go into your passion, passion, profit formula? Well, um, I would tell people that you, you, you're here for a reason. One of the things that I think has helped me is that I realized that I am here for a purpose. You know, this is just not some random excursion, you know, um, 
with no with no purpose behind it. You know, where we evolved from monkeys, and we're just here to you know make someone make Bill Gates rich. Just click on and, apps uh, and then die. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. This doesn't sound too good, huh? <laughs> so you are here for a reason. So one of the the things you have to ask yourself is why are you here? In fact, I'll take it a step further, and I will ask, why did you choose to come here? Hmm, because one of the things that I think is imp is empowering is if if you just think you are here by random chance, then you know there's no real there's no real um, significance to your presence here, and then you're you're likely to do anything that will bring you money. Or you you know you're likely to dispense with your morals and your ethics just for the sake of survival. Mm -hmm. But if you adopt a philosophy that says that you chose to come here, you chose this manifestation, you chose these parents, you chose these situations, you even chose to work at the Port Authority for seven years before moving on. What? Why would you have chosen to do that? What is the thread that you can see in your life that gives you some clue as to why? You came here, and there's uh, a lot of benefit to be had by learning your personality type, learning your Myers Briggs personality type, figuring out what life theme. There's a concept called the life theme, and if you look up some books by Sylvia Brown, she talks about the 44 life themes. Try and figure out why did you came here? Are you a, a catalyst? Are you an activator? Are you a, um, a cause fighter? Mm. Are you a are you a teacher? Are you a, a helper? Are you a, you know a healer? If you can, if you look at some of these life themes, some of these personality types, uh, you'll start to see that you fall into one of them, and that can give you some clue as to why you are here. So that's gotcha. one of the most important things to decipher as you move forward. Because now, let's say, as you mentioned, you're we're in a pandemic, and you're looking for things to do that can generate money, but uh, you should also look at things that fulfill your purpose for being here because that's where you'll find the most success, in my opinion. And that's where things will fall into place more easily because you will be in alignment with the reason you chose to come here on the planet. I really, I really believe in that as well. And I think that that's, uh, there's this alignment that happens because you've had this, let's say, crisis or dramatic event that's caused you to jump or you decided to jump and i think it's looking at your yourself as more than just a like you said just an operant conditioning uh ape or uh, evolved from an ape you're you're a spirit a soul a mind a personality with various experiences and emotions and like when you tap into that and i think you, you nailed it it's like personality your purpose uh all these things kind of begin, you begin to re create a new identity about Absolutely. who yes. you are yes. and, and, and you're taking this, it's a radical responsibility. It's like, I'm responsible because I, it starts with that energy, that spirit, that mind that I have that's created me. I think that's powerful right. for right. people. So if people can start, yes. so, so you would recommend, uh, let's say somebody has, has done uh, this decision and they've, they've said, okay, I'm going to start my own online business. So would it be maybe reading a couple of particular self-help books or personal development books, taking some of these personality tests and then Absolutely. like discovering your purpose? Right. So in uh, my book, Turn Your Passion into Profit, I go through a, um, a, what I call the cycle of success. And it okay. does start with 
it does start with purpose. So the four stages are uh, purpose, passion, product, and profit. Got it. Once again, mm -hmm. purpose, passion, product, and profit. So the first step before you do anything else is to find your purpose. Find out why you are here. Find what are the things that interest you. Find what are the things, uh, the threads that run through your life that identify you as a particular uh, type of um, purpose, uh, um, being here for a particular purpose. And I'll give you four uh, options. There are lots of different personality types, but I've distilled them down to four general um, broad okay. categories. And that is, are you a creator, a savior, a guru, or a guide? Guru now, even before, guide. now, even before I explain them, some of those words might resonate with you. Are you a creator? Uh -huh. are, you here, are you here to create new things? Are you here to create music or art or videos or, or something new that didn't exist? I definitely resonate with that one personally. I, Yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, are, you a, are you a savior? Okay. Meaning, are you here to heal? Are you here to heal people? Now, you could also use your talents you know, to heal people. You could also use the, the, the um, um, painting and the creation and the music and whatever to heal as well. And mm -hmm. then you know in your heart whether you're doing it just for the creative value of it or for the healing. So healer is the is um, second purpose so healer healer and savior are kind of hovering on the same yes type of thing? yes the, okay. op the operative word the operative word for the savior uh purpose is to heal got it all right okay. uh, creator savior guru are you here to teach oh, are teach. you a guru are you here to teach and then the uh, final one is guide and the guide is a somewhat nebulous character um uh, category, but essentially you're talking about people who are here to shift people's thinking to another level. So you have people like Malcolm X, people like Martin Luther King, people like mm. Oprah, um, uh, perhaps even people like Bill Gates and Ma Mark Zuckerberg might fall into that guide. People whose mm. idea of moving the society forward on a, on a much larger, much larger level. So with those, you decide whether you are a creator, savior, guru, or guide. Now I find. Then, oh, go ahead. Do you have one more to add to no, that? No. I have a question. Go ahead. Well, well my my question is about. I you know you hear a lot of people talking about passion, and they really say, hey, you know, uh, you know, should I follow my passion or I should follow my passion? But I think a lot of people seem to jump into it before this deeper purpose look. Do you find that to be the case as well? They think uh, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's important. I Absolutely. think people should and take I'll a step you, back, right? And just. All right. I'll give you an example that I share in the book to give you a, a, the exact reason why you need to take uh, that, those steps in the particular order that I suggest. Great, in the book. great. I think that would so, be helpful. You're, you're right. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of people do uh, put the cart before the horse, as they say. But here's the thing. Now, let's suppose you, are a, you have a passion for cooking. Right, okay. you have a passion for cooking, and everyone around you says, "Hey, Bio, you have a passion for cooking. You need to start your own restaurant." Mm, mm -hmm. And you say, "You say, great, that's <laughs> what I'll do, and I'll start my restaurant." And, and then it fails. Now, okay. if you come to me for your for your coaching, I would ask you first to uh, figure out why you're here. What's your purpose? Okay. And you might find that you are here 
you might find that you are here as a guru, mm. not a creator. Now, if you are here as a guru, if your purpose is to teach and um, others, then with a passion for cooking, I would not advise you to start a restaurant. I would advise you to start a cooking school, mm. or I would advise you to write a cookbook, or I would advise mm. you to do workshops and demonstrations and YouTube videos that, that can help you use that passion for cooking to fulfill your purpose as a guru. Wow, that's powerful. So purpose lines a lot with business models because a lot of people don't think about business models and purpose. Right. You know, like how does how does a business model play out from purpose? Like you said, what is that mechanism that a lot of us as newer entrepreneurs that maybe grew up that didn't have uh, business education from parents and things like that? How important is that? How do we to we, you know, make that traction? Mm -hmm. The mindset that I suggest is not simply to say, what can I start that makes the most amount of money, mm, but mm. what can I start that helps me fulfill my purpose for being here? Gotcha. And the two, the two are not mutually exclusive. It's been my experience that if you do align your business and set up your business model in such a way that it fulfills your purpose, as we mentioned before, you will be more successful because things will just make more sense, you'll be more motivated, you, you'll see the um, returns on your investment much greater because mm -hmm. if, you have a purpose, if you have a purpose as a guru, then the best feedback that you can get is, wow, Bio, I never knew that you taught me something new, this is really great, you've changed my life, right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas if you started a restaurant, the feedback you'd get is, oh, that was delicious. Uh, you know, can I get a discount? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, so you do, the function you that you have up. interacts with society differently as your exactly. roles. Exactly. Like your purpose becomes your roles, and that becomes how people spend money with you, right. invest in you. Exactly. And you will be more motivated by feedback that feeds your purpose because that's mm. why you're here. You are here to teach. So the feedback you want is feedback that supports that because then you know you're, you're on, on purpose. You're, you, you'll be able to, to offer the world something that's more, that's a deeper part of you than simply being motivated by how to make money. If you are here as a guru, then you have a natural affinity for teaching people. And that will come out in the things you do. You will be a better teacher of cooking skills than mm. a preparer of cooking skills if you are here with a purpose to be a guru. So to answer your, your question, it, I think it is vitally important for you to first figure out why you're here, what your purpose is, before you uh, uh, find out which passion you are going to pursue. And the passion, think about this, your passion is what helps you fulfill your purpose. Ah, that's okay, I see. Passion, is, passion the, is, what, is the drive, the, the enjoyment, the emotion, the energy that you put into it, right? Purpose is more like the function. Passion is like the gas. Am I, am I correct um, with my metaphor I, like that? Let me, let me think on that. <laughs> I would say that... Or how would you do? How would you frame that? I think I would say the purpose, and uh, if, I, if I think about this more, maybe I'll change my mind, but I think the purpose is the gas. 
Okay, so that's your why. The purpose is more like your why. Yes, the purpose is the why. So the purpose is the gas, and the passion is just the vehicle. I got you. I see. Okay. Passion is the car, and the purpose is what fuels the car. I see. Okay. And and you can use mm -hmm. and you can use that purpose to fuel many different vehicles. So you can still use that purpose as a guru, not only to start a cooking school but to write a cookbook or to mm. do other ventures that help. So the fuel stays the same. The fuel stays the same, and, but the vehicle can change from time to time as you evolve or as, as you diversify. Okay, and uh, nowadays when we have uh, YouTube, Google, Facebook, Instagram, it seems like the channels are there for people to do this, but but if, if they don't have this alignment, it can get very uh, confusing very fast, I would say, nowadays, as compared to the year 2000, right? So it's even yep. more vitally important for people to follow your formula and really hone in on this process. It's just, you know, maybe one week, we're going to say? Hold on. Okay. Is a garbage the morning garbage. Okay, <laughs> one second here. Outside, Let me just outside my window. Now, hold on. Before you resume. Oh, hold on a second. I hold do... on. Okay, so yeah, we were talking about uh, passion, and uh, that being the vehicle, and uh, so like, because uh, the thing is, the passion leads into the type of let's say skills, activities, experiences that leads into the marketplace, and I think a lot of people get torn between thinking that. Because they have these skills, maybe people won't want to buy this type of thing, and they get kind of stuck there, and they start looking at, well, what does everybody want to buy? Maybe I should sell that, or maybe I should do that. How do we prevent that turn, turning that corner from passion into product and service? How do we prevent that from going off the rail uh, for people? Uh, the first thing is to assure people that if you have an interest in something, there's a very good chance that other people have that interest as well. So gotcha. yes, one of the things that I encounter is that people think, you know, no one will want to buy this, no one will be interested in my experience and my situation, you know, my expertise. But it's just simply a matter of me encouraging them to follow what it is they feel like doing, regardless of whether it makes any money or not, uh, for two reasons. One is, it is more than likely that if you have an interest in this thing, that other people have that interest as well. And, okay. if, and you should pursue it because, you know, you're just not going to be as effective pursuing something else that's just not your passion. The other thing you mentioned, the internet. The nice thing about the internet is that it allows you to market to what they call a wide, thin market, a wide, thin market. So, if you were simply marketing to people physically in your then you would be limited by the physical reach you know mm -hmm. that you have in your neighborhood but because of the internet even if there's only 10 people in each country that are interested in the thing that you're interested in now with the internet you can reach those people because you know it's, it's all global and then from there the other reason is it's an evolution this is an evolution the process of you turning your passion into profit and aligning yourself um, more with your purpose is an evolution, all right? Mm. You're not looking for a big payout necessarily like a lottery. What you're looking for is to start a process and then move as you grow, as you develop, as you get better, as you evolve, 
so that you'll eventually become more and more in alignment with your purpose. So you have to start where your most, uh, where your attention uh, and interest bring you. Gotcha. So that to me are the, the two reasons why. Whereas if you simply start with what makes the most money, you'll be doing, you'll be making the same mistake that I did, becoming a civil engineer, um, mm. as opposed to following my passion early on. You're just, you know, going where what's practical and what, right. what seems feasible. Okay. I was going to say that that's important for people, even on the entrepreneurial side, as well as going into the traditional workforce. You know, if you come into the entrepreneurial world and you start doing things for the reason of, okay, well, this is just because the market wants this. Some people argue that, oh, well, that will uh, make the most money because of probability and this and this and that. But I think people forget their purpose and their passion and the energy it requires to get something to be successful. You know, right. if, and I think if you're, pushing some, if you're pushing something uphill, yes, it may have the probability to have the demand in the market. But if you're not ready to wake up early in the morning and go to bed late at night to work on it, and you get tired of the people in that industry, or you don't want to talk about it, or you, then it's, it seems like that's going to be a very difficult road uh, for an entrepreneur. Right. I, I agree. Uh, now, um, in all fairness, you know, if that's a, a strategy that you have to make a, 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 a lottery type win in the market, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you see an opportunity that, uh, of something that would make a lot of money, you want to jump into it mm -hmm. and set yourself up financially, that's great. Nothing wrong with that. However, my, it, there may come some point, as you said, where they realize that the fulfillment just isn't there. You gotcha. know, and there's still something that is eating away at them that they uh, realize that they're here to do something better or something different. So, you know, I wouldn't discourage anyone if they see an opening, see an, opp see an opportunity of something uh, that they can um, uh, profit from, that they can do that as well, since, you know, we do live in a capitalist society and there is a need for money. But for those of us who want to feel fulfilled as, with how we spend our time or more um, and uh, have more inspiration for, you know, creating things uh, than the philosophy that I lay out in the book, I think, is one that can help you identify that particular thing that will make you really want to get up in the morning, as you said. And that's one of the reasons why I chose the name Sun Chasing Success, because the idea of sun chasing, living in a tropical lifestyle, going to where you enjoy the beaches, the weather, whatever, is part of that fulfillment. And so I just wanted to help people remember fulfillment and success, fulfillment and success. Because yes, you can, you, you can be successful at a wide variety of, of avenues or ventures, but that success is gonna be, let's say, a number of customers, a number, a level of achievement, a level of market growth. But the key is, are you enjoying the process while you're going there? Are you gonna enjoy the process and sustain it and keep going? So that's why you're here. <laughs> you're helping us to, to, right. to, reel, to reel that back in so people understand that. So let's go into products and services now and how they can, once they've got that, that purpose honed in, the passion honed in, now starting to get to the nitty gritty of types of products and services, because there are many, okay. right, that that could be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, let me um, just back up. Something you said just uh, triggered. Uh, if you want to see how following your purpose 
can get you the feedback that really reminds you that you're doing something worthwhile. I'd like to invite your viewers and your listeners to check out my website, waltgoodridge.com slash testimonials. Ah, okay. That's waltgoodridge.com slash testimonials. And you'll see hundreds and hundreds of people who've written me about my books, written about my life rhymes, some motivational forms that I write, written me about the tours that I give here on uh, Saipan. And I put them all in one place because the common thread there is everything that I do is in alignment with my purpose. I'm here yeah. to teach people. I'm here to share what I know so that others may grow. That's my, uh, my life purpose. I share what I know so that others may grow. And gotcha. I incorporate that into my tours as well. My tours that I give here on Saipan are not simply, you know, to take people around to the sites and say, hey, ooh, uh, look at look at that. My tour is very informational. They're all day tours. I, you know, start at eight in the morning, finish at five. And when I'm finished, I'll just give you a little, uh, a little anecdote. Sure. I, um, here on Saipan, it's a tropical island out here in the Pacific. And it's very, it's a very, um, key part of the story of World War II because the island next to Saipan, Tinian, is the island from where the Enola Gay took off to drop the uh, atomic bomb on Hiroshima. So when sure. uh, World War II buffs and when, when tourists come to the island, one of the things that they're interested in doing is also visiting Tinian. And so I take them there as well. I give them an all-day tour of Tinian, all-day tour of Saipan. So anyway, People charge uh, a certain amount of money for tours here on Saipan. Their tours are usually maybe three hours. I charge a little bit more for my tours. Um, and my tours go for seven hours and, and eight hours. And I won't get into this really specific details, but I'll tell you this. I charge sometimes at least five or six times what the average person charges for their tour here mm. on Saipan. And after taking my tour, I have had people tip me as much as the full amount of the tour. Wow. So, so that's like people, double. That's like double. Double. Wow. Right. right. The reason I can do that is because when I give my tours, I am in alignment with my purpose. I am teaching people little tidbits, little trivia, little historical facts. So, you, so you're, in, you're enjoying it. You're feeling good. You're giving I'm, these tours. This is what you would do even if you weren't making money as well. Like, Absolutely. You just Absolutely. enjoy it. That's, that's big, <laughs> right. man. Yeah, right. I think that's so key. One of, the, one of the things that I think will make you more successful is if you're following your purpose and if you're doing something that you enjoy, the, the output is going to be on such a, a, a different level that one, you can charge more for mm -hmm. the thing that you are a specialist in. People will pay more for it, um, may even tip you double and will write ex um, really fabulous reviews for your product. So you'll end up generating a whole different level different level of, of uh, customers who can keep you successful uh, financially uh, successful whereas if you're just doing something just for a paycheck you never well you rarely give it the full you know because it just doesn't come naturally yeah it's and something that you're naturally. working at and you want to be done with it so that you can go play or do something else right right and then that's, that's where your value gets kind of cut down a little bit right 
because you're trying to right. get it exactly. done before 5 p.m. or done before 12 p.m. Right. And then so in fact, <laughs> in fact, I, I some of my I have to stop myself because I'm having so much fun and I like it that I will go up to six. You know, we start a tour at eight thirty <laughs> and I will go five or six o'clock with. And I just I don't mind because I oh wait there's one more thing I have to show you and then we go. Wow. <laughs> and, we go yeah. and I'm but sure that that's, that's a beautiful place. island. I mean, I'm sure it's a beautiful island. The weather's really nice there, right? So yep. it's it's yep. an enjoyable yeah. thing that you're doing when you do that. Now that's one example right. of service, uh, like a service, passion, service, especially for service, right? Because you're putting your right. time into something. You're, if you're coaching, if you're touring people, if you're teaching a language, for example, uh, anything like that. Now what about uh, products? Like when, so when someone wants to create a product, you know, some people will, will write something out of their joy and passion about a specific topic and make a book. Some people record videos. Some people say, right. hey, I just want to pay some guy in the Philippines to write this book. I'm going to put a cover on it and throw it up. And I'm going to just, and I've seen some products that are very low quality on Amazon, uh, but they do get some reviews. But what is the drop off? Is there, There's a really um, uh, a problem that happens if you go about things that way, trying to make like just quick, quick products that don't have the, the enjoyment and the creation part of it. Right. Um, well, first, let's say, yes, a book is one of the easiest and one of the most direct ways for you to transmit whatever it is you're passionate about into a form that other people can enjoy. So one of mm -hmm. the uh, workshops that I uh, do quite often are the writer's workshops. So that's a whole another two-hour conversation. <laughs> we'll come back and talk yeah. about that. You'll be <laughs> back again. So writing, uh, there's books, there's videos, the coaching and the touring, for example, the service is, is something you can charge a lot of money for because that's a direct, you know, that's a, a linear relationship. You're, you're dealing with someone on an hourly basis. Mm -hmm. um, I, encu I encourage people to create products that they, that can, that they can scale. In other words, the book scale. is a, is a is, Right. The book is very important because the book, you do the work one time and you can sell it for years and years and years. That mm. first book that I wrote back um, when I was a civil engineer over 10 years ago, in fact, I stopped counting at 10, but you mentioned that you, <laughs> hey, you mentioned you <laughs> if, if I've lost count, if I've lost count, maybe some of the listeners are really super good at math, but I'm not the calculus right. guy, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So um, you, you do the thing. Now think about this for a second. One of the advantages to creating a product uh, that's digital, creating a product that has potential for residual income is that you do the work one time okay. and you get paid for it over and over and over again. So for yes. those listeners who are not familiar, when you worked at your job, when you worked as a civil engineer, you gave um, the Port Authority one hour of your time and they gave you one hour of pay. And you never see that hour of pay, and you never see that hour of time ever again. Wow. I wrote my first book in four weeks, over 10 years ago, and today, 10 years later, it is still selling wow. on Amazon. So that's the power of residual income. You do the work one time, 
and you get paid for it over and over and over again. So you gotta think in terms of what can I create that has value, that can have value tomorrow. So sort mm -hmm. of an, an answer to your question, what are the reasons you really wanna put some uh, effort and quality into the product you create is so that they're timeless. I and see, that yes. you can um, have something that can stand the test of time and, and sell years, years from now. So very important to look at those sorts of products. The reason I do the tours and the coaching is just because I enjoy it, I like it, you know, I, um, I can charge a little extra so it's worth my time, but, I, but my main income is actually from the book sales that I, um, the, the books that I have written over the years. Uh, and in fact, even now with the pandemic, there are no incoming flights to Saipan. So since February, there have been no tourists on the island. Since February, right. no tourists, so I haven't, haven't done any tours. Um, but I have other streams of income, you know, that can compensate. So, so the books have served you know, as a buffer. They've, they've been that, like that cornerstone of your product offering since the beginning that has been one stream that's more steady and consistent. Right. Absolutely. So and you, you sell, you sell your books through Amazon and your website as well? Yeah. Uh, and I'll just tell you, these days you have to be on Amazon. Uh, back right, when I right. first started years ago, people would I would get half my sales directly to my website and half the sales through Amazon. These days, it's probably like 90% on Amazon. There's gotcha. also a website called Smashwords. I'm also on barnesandnoble.com. Mm -hmm. So if you're putting out a, uh, a book product, you want to put on a few different platforms. So my three would be Amazon, Smashwords, and Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Okay. And, but Amazon by far, if you have to, don't, don't just choose one, but if you have to choose one, Amazon would be the best. It's just, so it's just such a part of the uh, zeitgeist these days that anyone who, when they think yeah. of a book, they just go straight to Amazon. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of success under the sun? Visit onorunbooks.com slash success and subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your email inbox. Now back to the show. Yeah, it's, be it's become a search engine uh, equivalent to Google own. and YouTube on its own. And you yeah, so absolutely. highly recommend everybody out there if you're considering creating a book product, uh, whether it's long form, short form, fiction or nonfiction, definitely go through Amazon, you can get a lot of traction. And then also you can you can put your website and other links in your book and things like that. But you have to go through Amazon. So let's let's Absolutely. let's segue then from there into marketing itself. And let's talk about your fourth pillar. You have find your purpose, harness your passions, create your product or service. Then how do we market and sell for profit? What can we do to okay. ensure that that okay. that profit occurs? So before we get there, let me just back up. And, okay. Um, uh, so you have books, you have videos, you have um, service, uh, CDs, DVDs. Um, um, well, CDs so and DVDs, digital. are they still? Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, video, v video you courses, know? video products. Right. Digitally courses, delivered. Products as well. Uh -huh. Exactly. Now, Here's something that you brought up a good point. Now, keep in mind that you are, you're living in Brazil, but yes. 
you you have a Western mindset. Yeah, absolutely. There are, <laughs> there are still places that I travel to where people want only don't even have internet and may still be watching movies on DVD or or listening to music on CD. Good so, point. Um, Good to to remember. Right. Sometimes, yeah, there's right. some places. So if you want to be global in your thinking, uh, keep, oh, that's a major point. It's Don't rule it out, man. Point. Got you. Right. Don't rule it out. Your website, you. your website, the way you market, uh, you know, keep in mind that there's still a, a, a portion of the pop, global population that um, you'll be cutting out if you simply go, you know, market to iPhones only, you know. Yeah, true, um, true, true. So, okay, so the next step, is market for profit. So okay. just to recap, we had find your purpose, uh, discover your passion, uh, create a product, and the fourth step is marketed for uh, profit. Now that has become a lot easier these days because of social media. Mm -hmm. So one of the uh, things that you want to do, and, and there are people who are much better at this than I am, because I, I miss the memo, uh, I still have presence on uh, um, YouTube and Facebook and stuff, but it's just not my thing. <laughs> you know, right. I'm still doing the old-fashioned way. But uh -huh. um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube in particular has become very, very important. So anything that you do, make sure there's a YouTube component where people can find out about it. Even if you're releasing a book, make sure you create a little one-minute video that uh, markets, you know, the, the book to, right. to the, um, more and more people are at home now. More and more people are, uh, as you said, using YouTube as a search, search engine, yeah. getting, getting their news directly from YouTube <laughs> for audio editions of books on YouTube. So that is one very good way for you to market Facebook as well. But I would have to give you a warning. I started back in the day when there was no YouTube, so I still do a lot of my communication with people through email. Email. And one of the things that those of us who, uh, the people who um, started out that way still value email. And, I'll, and even now, if you set up a YouTube account, you set up a Facebook account, you still have to have an email address. Gotcha. Um, so list, list building and email marketing is still a cornerstone. Still a cornerstone because here's okay. why. This is right now or back in the old days when I created, when I sent out an email, I was assured, let's say to a to 100 people, I was assured that at least 70 or 80 um, of those 100 people would get the email, would open it, some might end up in a spam folder or whatever, but the email gave me direct contact to my customers. These days, even if people join my Facebook page and Facebook group and I post something to my Facebook group, you and I know that out of 100 people, it might, it, it might just be one or two people who that post shows up for in True. their feed. Yeah. The way for me to get more people to see that is to pay Facebook. Right. That's if the I, model. If I boost, that's the model. And it's a great that's model for them. Right. Great model for them. But, uh, so I had to boost my post and pay money in order to reach people who've already signed up to my page, which I think. So you don't want to give all your power to Facebook or to Instagram or to Twitter or to any of those private companies. 
Now, email to a degree is still private, but it's still the most um, public, meaning that when you send an email to someone, they get it. Right. It's, it's something that's more in our control that we have the list. Right. We know the people on the list and we have that mm -hmm. sequence of, of communication. It's a communication right. channel. So I would suggest to people that they start with an email list and really value it as much as the followers they have on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. Gotcha. Because yeah. if for some reason, if for some reason uh, Facebook falls out of favor, if for <laughs> some reason, you know, it, uh, Twitter falls out of favor in the public consciousness, you lose all of that connection. All of that. They take your contact and they go. <laughs> so we, we have to look at these, uh, at these uh, platforms like Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, almost as if they're, uh, let me use one of uh, a New York term, like they're, all, they're like Times Square, they're like Broadway. People are just walking and crossing and we have to be there with our email opt-in or our, our, our product or service or whatever we're giving away for an email address and we're collecting the information to find our niche market from these avenues. But if the avenue goes away, for example, pandemic in this case, like if you, right. were on the street, if you were on the streets of New York City, let's say right. you were on the streets of New York City and you were that guy working on the street, if you had been mm -hmm. collecting the information when the pandemic came and everybody's not outside, then you could just go call and email those people. So you're, that's, that's the equivalent of that on the digital world. So we don't yep. know what could happen with any of these platforms. We need to have that other communication. Uh, I think some people have even mentioned going into text marketing. That's a little bit more advanced. Yes, yes. So know, email would be the start, right? Yes. Yes, so that would and be if good. You can texting get text. would be good also. Uh -huh. Yeah, texting, that's something I have to develop more. Um, yeah, I've been but, looking into that a little bit too. Yeah, typically though, as I think about it now, typically I would think that a telephone number would be quicker to change. I don't know what the mindset is these days, but people tend Not to sure. hold on to their email yeah. addresses longer than their phone number. I know I've changed my phone number at least three times already here mm -hmm. on site time. But still, I think it's a good way it's a good backup. Yes, I'll add that. Thanks for that bio. I'll add that to my... Uh, yeah, I know uh, that there's some... The music artists have been doing a lot of that now. Basically, uh, I think one uh, for sure is uh, Ryan Leslie with the Superphone, where basically okay. has a marketing uh, process where he can gather the emails and phone numbers and then be able to tell them directly when his album's coming out, as opposed to just putting it on the big platforms he doesn't know who, who anybody is. Right. Right, so right. That's, that's um, yeah. I just set up an email or tried to reset up uh, an email program called Mautic, M-A-U-T-I-C, which is really good. It's an open source. Uh, M-A-U-T-I-C? Um, yes. M is in Mary, A-U-T-I-C? That's correct. M-A-U-T-I-C. And that's one that uh, is uh, free to use, free to download. It's open source and has some really good features. And one of the features they do have, in addition to compiling email uh, um, uh, number, email addresses, is the option for putting in text, uh, cell phone numbers as well. So um, yes, those are yes. two that I would highly encourage people to use in addition to uh, marketing on Facebook and Twitter. So gotcha. to answer your question, um, social media would definitely be the way to go. There's a lot 
more emphasis obviously now on digital marketing as opposed to uh, you know um, mail order and that sort of thing so YouTube mm -hmm. Facebook Twitter Instagram there are lots of different ways for you to have a presence on the internet in, in as many different platforms as you're comfortable with so that you can uh, get the word out to as many people as possible it tends to get a little overwhelming especially for those of us who are used to marketing the old-fashioned way because yeah. now when someone calls you don't know whether they're calling on whatsapp or facebook messenger or, yeah, or, yeah. or <laughs> this or that but um that that is the way to go these days in terms of reaching people and i would put youtube at the top in terms of okay. creating marketing materials that promote the uh, product or service that you're uh, selling is to make sure you have a YouTube presence as well. And I would even add to that, if you create a YouTube channel or podcast, like for example, what I'm doing as well, you can uh, then take the transcript from that material, you can make blog posts, and you can make shorter tweets out of that, you can make shorter Instagram posts, but if, you, but if you create for the video, you can always kind of come down with the rest of the content for the rest of your marketing. Cool. So that's, I think starting, starting with video is a good, because you can go yep. from video, then take the audio, do a podcast, then take the text, do a right. blog, and then go all the way down to just little tweets. And a book, right, to, and a book, yeah. you can create a book of transcripts of interviews with all your guests, that's a book. Yeah, some yeah people, and, there are some people who prefer to read and get more out of um, get they'll get more out of the information if they read it than if they listen to it. Uh, something just as as an aside to keep in mind. One of the reasons mm -hmm. you want to do this is because uh, what you're doing, bio, is you have the podcast for people who want to listen, and mm -hmm. you have the video for people who prefer to watch. Exactly. But you can also have the transcript for people who prefer to read. Exactly. And each one is is just as important, and some people retain the information better. Uh, based on either one of those um, um, options, those modalities. And uh, since I have a friend or one of my workshop attendees who's into um, uh, uh, the handicap, for want of a better word, mm. it can be created in, uh, for the hairy impaired, uh, for the visually impaired as well. So you can actually create uh, products for that market as well. Ah, okay. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, from there, oh yeah, also the website. So then your website is like your hub of where you would lead people to uh, submit their email address, find out about your product, and you can also put your website in all the other uh, social right. media so they can come to that. Any particular uh, advice you have on, like let's say if you're starting from bare bones and you just want to have a simple website up, I have my kind of ways that I do it with WordPress. Do you have any particular things that you've gathered over the years that worked really over, well for you starting websites? Right, over the years I've developed a lot of templates. Uh, when I first started designing websites back in 90, 1997, <laughs> I, uh, learned, um, I learned HTML. So I still code in HTML from scratch, you know, you okay. that. But for someone getting into it now, I, I would highly recommend WordPress. Okay, yeah, and that's what I use most. The most flexible way to just jump in and get something up and running uh, within, you know, an hour or less. So yeah. there are different uh, options you could use. You could use some of the other companies, uh, Squarespace or you know some of those. Um, 
sometimes I'll use some of those sites just to get an idea of a design and then, you know, do it myself using HTML. But, okay. um, but I, I would suggest WordPress as well as a, as a good way to start. If you have the money and you don't mind, the thing about WordPress is that it's free. If you download the software, you already have a hosting account, let's say with GoDaddy or Bluehost or Ionos or one on one, then yeah. download the WordPress software, upload it to your server and you're good to go. So it, that aspect is free. If you use some of the other companies um, like Squarespace or Wix or some of those, there is a fee at, um, I think some of them might have a basic level that's free, but there is a fee that you would pay. So I tend to stay away from those just because okay. I'm cheap. <laughs> and uh, when, I, yeah. when I coach my clients, I show them a software, websites, strategies that cost little or no money. Like for yeah. example, when I, do my write, when I do my writer's workshop, I actually show you how to go from idea to getting your books on Amazon in less than 24 hours with no money at all. Absolutely right. free. A lot of people think the process costs much more than it does, but you can do the entire process without paying a single penny. And that's even, so, you know, the graphics, uh, the writing itself, the editing, it may take a little longer, right? But if you have a little more time than money, you can get the graphics, right. the, the writing, the editing, the proofreading, all done, ready to go. And always remember people, Absolutely. all of our listeners out there, remember on Amazon, they even have short reads. So it doesn't mean every single book has to be three or 400 pages or 200 pages. It could be 200, 100 pages, 50 pages, 25 pages, but whatever it is, the content needs to match the the length of what you're trying if you can deliver the message that you're delivering in 25 to 50 pages and that's what's needed then that's okay you know you just have to measure that but if it's something if it's a topic that needs more detail don't write like just a 25 page book and put it on amazon you'd be better off making it a free right, ebook right. or something <laughs> you know right as a means of marketing yeah. um one thing that i let people know is a lot of people start out thinking, oh, I don't have money to launch a business. I don't have money to, to write a book. And, and again, think about this for a second. The, the internet started way back actually in the 70s, but in the 90s, it got uh, popular mm -hmm. and, and more commercially based. But any, anything that you believe costs money, anything that someone is selling for money on the internet, whether it's design skills, whether it's website <laughs> templates, whether it's graphics for your a book cover, whether it's uh, converting your book to Kindle, uh, anything that costs money on the internet, there is someone else somewhere on the internet doing it for free. I hear you, yeah. <laughs> and that's the reality. That is absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's the willingness to learn, willingness to take a little bit. I remember the first time I figured out how to put a website up. I did have to lock myself in the room for a little while and just focus on it and figure it out. But once I was able to do that, I became liberated because I knew the steps. I knew how it worked right. so I right. could do it again and again and again. I think people would definitely benefit from that. Like learn the steps by yourself and then you, you know, can hire someone later if you want to, but you have a choice. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and the other tip I would give people, if, so the first tip, that costs money, there's a free option also available. So I'll give you just one quick example. So you may want to design your book cover 
and you say, okay, yeah, but I can't afford the dollars by Photoshop. Mm -hmm. No, no worries. There is a program and several programs that are called open source software that are right. created by people who believe the internet should be a source of free information to the world. So they create products that are just like Photoshop. There's one called GIMP, for example, G-I-M-P, yeah, yeah. that is essentially a Photoshop clone. So anything that you can do in Photoshop, instead of paying the hundreds of dollars for the Photoshop license, you can simply download GIMP free. And all my book covers have been designed in GIMP. Every single book cover go. of the 30 books that I've written is, is, is in uh, GIMP. So anything that you think costs money, uh, I can show you an option or you can find an option that is absolutely free. The other thing is anything that you want to do, there is a YouTube video that shows you how to do it. Mm, that's a you great can, point you too. Can, you can go on YouTube yeah. and learn how to build a bomb if, <laughs> if you want. Yeah, and I, I mentioned right. this in a, in a previous episode that, the, like, if you're looking, like, I tell people, one of the, the advice I give people is if you're reading and you're just going to be reading just like, audi like Audible, use that for books on philosophy or art or music or you're reading about stuff that's just, like, spiritual, do that. But if you're trying to read in order how to do you might as well look that information up on Google or YouTube, unless it's something that's really, really, really in depth. But if it's how to set up a website, how to do your graphics, how to set up the social media, there's like hundreds for each type on each Absolutely. different, Absolutely. Each, each type on each different social media channel. It's way now, more than we could yep. use. Now, some are better than others, so don't, don't believe it just because someone has a video on YouTube that they know what they're talking about. Absolutely um, not, but yeah. So, so shop around. So shop yeah. around and, and you know, uh, check out a couple different uh, uh, producers. Right. Um, but yeah, so, those, so there's no reason for you to sit down and say, gosh, I want to do this, but I don't know how. Go to YouTube and say, you know, how do I build, how do I build a, you know, <laughs> a, a nuclear bomb? Right. <laughs> And you'll find someone who's, who sat down and actually filmed a video to show you how to do that. And that's a great segue into the next part of our discussion. And by the way, let me give everyone your, uh, your websites again before we go into this next part here. So the main website for the Passion Profit is www.passionprofit.com, P-R-O-F-I-T.com. And then you've got uh, the new project that you're working on now, which is the Pandemicpreneur, uh, which is how to right. continue making money doing what you love, generate multiple income streams remotely from home, even during a pandemic. And just to clarify, as you said in your video, this is not about profiting from the disaster of the pandemic. This is about how do you profit despite the disaster of the pandemic and sell something worthwhile and valuable, take care of yourself. And that website is www.thepandemicpreneur.com. Okay, so let's talk, let's talk about that because, you know, uh, Passionpreneur and, and um, from Passion to Profit was, was that, that key philosophy of taking what you really enjoy. And people can still use that in the pandemic, but you were talking about some, some seven... Uh, ways to think about this new pandemic that I know that our listeners are really going to find valuable. Uh, do you want to go over those 
in sure, overview, sure. and then we kind of hit, hit hit a little lightly on each one, go in depth a little on each one. Okay. Um, the fact that we are in a pandemic right now has thrown a lot of the and all the restrictions that come with that: the social distancing, self isolation, the uh, restriction on travel. All of those things have thrown people, you know, off their balance. And uh, understandably, a lot of people are simply waiting for this to pass in order for things to return to normal. Mm -hmm. And my suggestion is that instead of doing it that way, think about, and this may seem a little pessimistic, a little dismal, um, mm -hmm. a little morbid, but proceed as if this is a new paradigm. Oh, I get so you. I understand. Of, yeah. <laughs> so think of this as an opportunity, as you mentioned earlier in, in the podcast bio, um, that people are now forced to rethink, restructure, reimagine, retool, and update their business models, their survival strategies, their income um, streams in such a way that they are, that they can survive a, an extended pandemic because Despite what people are saying about, you know, things will return to normal in this month or this season or next year, honestly, no one knows. No one things knows. Can change. Things can change in a split second. You have one uh, super spreader uh, situation and all of a sudden all of your hard work can go down the drain and things can change. So no one yeah. knows when things will return to normal. And anyone who says they can predict it is lying. Yeah. Um, maybe not out of evil intent, but they're they're hoping to build uh, hope, you know, and and positivity and, and optimism, which is a good yeah. thing. But for those of us who want to act more realistically, I think it's best to proceed on the assumption that this is the new paradigm. This is the way I'm gonna uh, need to do things. So, if you've now been forced to transition your business and do things more um, pandemic style. There are a couple of things that I suggest that people keep in mind about, and we mentioned one or two of them um, before, mm -hmm. but these become particularly more important now. And one is think globally. The other right. is think digital. The other is think digitally. The next is uh, think out of sequence. The next is think in series. The next is think wide. And as I mentioned just now, think that this is the new paradigm. Right. And I think we sort of touched on a lot of these. Uh, and think long already. term. Think long term. You had yeah. that one too. And think, right, right. Think long term. So right. uh, think globally simply means that as depending on what, depending on which country you're in right now, different countries are handling the pandemic in different ways. So even though you may be on the lockdown in your country, there are still other countries that are coming out of lockdown. Their numbers are of infections are, are down. So don't think that the only market that exists for your product or service is your immediate uh, market. True. So this yeah. is one of the most important things. In fact, we had mentioned that earlier um, in that you have a Western mindset. You're thinking in terms of marketing to the U.S. or marketing to your particular uh, um geographic area, but you have to think now that there is India, there's Asia, there's Australia, there's mm -hmm. Africa, there's so many other 
uh, markets that exist that you have to Brazil <laughs> and Brazil, right? <laughs> South America, I'm sorry. South America, <laughs> right, right. No, but yeah, there's, so, there's, it's massive. I mean, we have the reach, so we have to start thinking about that, right? Think globally. What, exactly. And we have to think of the needs of these different markets. What kind of things exactly. do they need and want to buy, need and want to learn? Right. So it has, so you have to think more now like a global citizen and you have to do some research to find out what life is like. Because one of the drawbacks, especially for people living in big Western countries, is that they think the whole world is just like, you know, where uh, they are. Right. That's a big mistake that people make because, yeah. in fact, we talked about this before in terms of people, places that are still without internet, people that are um, just now getting, you know, Wi-Fi, people who are using CDs and DVDs. So think globally in all that you do. Um, Amazon has about 13 markets. So they have websites, amazon.co.uk, Amazon mm -hmm. in Brazil, Amazon in India. And my books sell, I think the most I've sold is out nine of the 13 markets. My goal this year is to get all 13. <laughs> I may have to translate. Wow. But yeah. you can write a book and then have it sell. The English version of my book sells in Germany, India, France, Brazil, Canada, UK, and the US. So I've had as many as uh, eight or nine of the markets uh, that Amazon sells in. And that's just from uploading the book one time wow. uh, to, to my account. So got to think globally. The next is, as we mentioned, this is pretty simple. Just digitally. Think, digi digitally. Um, think about, even if you're doing something that's service-based, one of the things that I am working on now that I actually have a, 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 a beta version already up is, a, is an app that gives the tour that I give here on Saipan. So okay. since I can't give tours anymore physically, I think digitally, and create an app or even a video that I could charge people to watch where I film myself giving my tour of the island. Ah, and I think I might actually that's great idea. That. Yeah. <laughs> put, the, put the camera, no. set it up on the dashboard of the car. And you'll have to see the interview that I'm going to post with one of the other guests I have, Kelly Tavares. She does uh, tours. She's working on a project for Afrotourism uh, in Brazil that she's working on a project. So. I'll have to put you in touch with them as well. But they, it's the same sort of idea she's talking about. Yeah. Creating a, because this, all of the people in the tourist industry are going through this. So they're trying to create a audio experience, right. visual experience, digital experience. Yep, so think digitally. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something that I, that I the next is something that I suggest, uh, regardless of what sort of business you're in, but it's to think and, and whether it's pandemic or not, is to think out of sequence. Mm, one of the that's most an interesting liberating one. things, and I, right, one of the most liberating things that I learned years ago from an Indian fellow who I started a record label with years ago, his name was Gurdeep Singh. And <laughs> he had a way of looking at reality that just blew me away. <laughs> and, um, I'll encapsulate it by, by mentioning this to you. Okay. So I, you know, you mentioned bio that I have a book coming out called um, The Pandemic Preneur. Right. A lot of people would, would say, okay, I got to sit down and write the book and then finish the book and then publish the book and mm -hmm. then market the book and then I'll start making sales. 
One of the things to realize is that you can do things out of sequence. Instead of doing things A, B, C, D, you could actually do things D, C, B, A. <laughs> meaning, right. meaning you can start selling your book even before it's ready. So That's one of powerful. the things that I do before I write a single word is that I set up the website first, set up the sales page, uh, set up the shopping cart, and then post the, the, the page on the website that says, order now, coming soon. And, Pete, and that's the way I sold my second book, way back, right after I wrote the first book on hip-hop entrepreneurs, um, is that I, people would write me and say, hey, Walt, that was a great book. Can you write a similar book on how to manage hip-hop artists? Mm. So, I, so I said, yes, yeah, that's a great idea. So I created, the first thing I did was create a flyer. I thought about the book, thought about what I would have in it, uh, mapped out the, uh, the table of contents, created a flyer, sent the flyer to all of the uh, thousands of people who had um, uh, inquired about their first book and all of the previous customers and said, coming soon, in three months, I will publish this game of hip hop artist management. Send your $49.95 now. Wow, and yeah, that's did. powerful. People did, they, they have the yeah. trust, they know, they know I do good work, they know that you know if I say the book is going to come out, so I was able to use the money from people sending the payment in advance in order to print the, the second book that I wrote. So from then, and this was way back in the 90s, from then I've started to realize that there are lots of things that you can do out of sequence, that things are not always linear. You don't have to do A before you do B. Sometimes you have a little courage, a little bit of a risk taker, you can actually do C, D, and E, um, and then you know follow up and do things. And it seems like you get a jump start on the marketing as well on that. Jump start on marketing and sales, and you're also getting feedback, and you can maybe make a little bit more, especially for information products, you can make adjustments. And it right. seems like that's a smart thing to, to really get, a, get, get it just right for what they want. Exactly. Uh, helps me customize it specifically what they want. And it gives me an incentive because once that first <laughs> check arrives, uh, back in the day, I used to have uh, a few box and people would send money orders and check. Once that first book check arrives uh, with the $49.95 or someone waiting for their book, that gives you an incentive. Right, <laughs> right. It's a must now. <laughs> right. That you finished the book. So that works for me. That's uh, awesome. That okay. So the next. So there's a whole series of things that people think that you have to do before you can do this. And um, sometimes you don't realize it until someone points it out to you. So, you know, I, I can't coach everyone, but that's one of the things that the benefit of a coach has is that someone, you know, you can say to someone, oh, well, I have to fix all the errors in my book before I can release it. And I say, no, no, you can put the book out digitally and on Monday, and if you find an error on Tuesday, you correct it, upload the new version, and yeah. you know who bought the book on Monday may have the your know, your name is spelled, but everyone who buys the book on Wednesday will have the the corrected uh, and, and, version. So just I, different it, ways of thinking yeah. uh, how you can move forward. I would imagine that would stop people from getting. I would imagine that would stop people from getting hung up in writer's block or procrastination as well, because that. If you never, if you never get that past that, and then you have to market it, it seems like that stops a lot of people. 
But if they get at least, as they say, the minimum yep. viable product out there, something that's that's basically the decent basic building blocks of the product, and then right. you know fill in the gaps. That way, you've got you something that can exactly. make some money, and then you evolve it. So I think that's a, a faster right. way for exactly. those of you for those of you who are worried about oh it's going to take too long. I don't think I'll make money. This is the way you kind of get the minimum together and make it decent and just take it to the marketplace, start selling. And you can also see if it's not selling, maybe it's, you know. Right, exactly. So mm -hmm. the focus of my coaching and my workshops and everything that I teach people is to focus on completion, not perfection. Ah, nice. Very I'm nice, not, yeah. So it's a, I constantly remind you, focus on completion. That's the most important thing, because you can always evolve. You can always change. You can always upload. You can always yeah. edit. You can always revise. You, you know, the power of digital is that there's always an, uh, the ability for you to, to modify. So completion awesome. is the most important thing. All right. Okay, so next, next one. Next, next thing is think in series. And by that, I mean any idea that you come up with, Always think about chicken soup for the soul series of uh, <laughs> of product. Yeah. All right. Um, I think bio. I think there's enough light now. I'm gonna turn off the overhead and see if that makes a difference for you. Okay. All right. One second. So if you want to pause it, pause it. For yeah. A okay. So you're saying chicken soup series. Right. Any idea that you come up with. Don't ever think about this idea as just a one-time mm. deal, a one-shot deal. Think gotcha. about ways that you can extend it so that you're doing what they did for the Chicken Soup for the Soul series of books and products. So there's Chicken Soup for the Soul, Chicken Soup for the Golfer's Soul, Chicken Soup for the Mother's Soul, Chicken Soup for the, you know, the uh, Civil Engineer's Soul. So there's all sorts of uh, different ways that you can... No limit, really, for their market. Yeah, it just keeps right, going. For the, Different markets with different ethnicity, different uh, geographic region, different age group, different gender. So you can, if there's a way that you can modify your content so that you appeal to a different market, that would be the best move rather than to attempt to create something that you think appeals to everybody. Gotcha. Right? And okay. the next, yeah, go ahead. So you, so basically, Creating series just have continuity, so uh, it works really well. And, and even with the chicken soup, soup series, they have people writing in uh, their stories, so it's like compilations, right. really. Right, right, right. So that's another thing. It's less work if if you're doing a compilation. That, that's just one idea, but that the idea is if you can find a way to be collaborative or create a series that has contributions of other people. That can yep. save you a lot of time and effort. Yep, that's very good. Right. So, um, and then you said, go ahead. The next one was number five, thinking wide. I, I have think wide. And, yes, think uh, wide. That's sort of, uh, we sort of touched on it because when you think, when you're thinking in series, um, the series could be just volume one, volume two, volume three. But the series could also be a wide series where you, as we just okay. mentioned, different uh, um, uh, parents, something for business owners, something for children. Some, so part okay. of a, a series, series is looking at it more linearly. And then okay. think wide is thinking about it more in parallel. 
Okay. All right. And um, the, these last two sort of go together, but it, I, I'll just say them uh, together. Think that this is the new paradigm and think long term. Well, gotcha. okay. So let's do, think that this is a new paradigm. As I mentioned at the beginning uh, of our talk, don't assume that this is just a stopgap measure. Don't assume that the pandemic restrictions are just something that'll pass. Plan your business as if, and your streams of income as if this is the new normal. Because people have said, and I'm sure you've heard, that this may be a global pandemic, uh, but it won't be the last one. Mm -hmm. You know, that there, as things happen on the planet as they do, and as there's more deforestation and more exposure of, of uh, wildlife to human populations, there's going to be more of these sorts of epidemics and pandemics. So it's not unlikely that they may, that this may be the new normal, the way of doing things digitally, the way of doing things globally. So plan gotcha. for that and it won't, it won't be effort lost because if you plan for that and think you turn 100% to normal, you'll still have the freedom, you'll still have the global reach, you'll still have all the benefits of doing business this way if you choose mm -hmm. to go back into the, you know, the physical market. So this is yeah. a good move, whether or not things uh, return to normal. And, and I would even add to that uh, the technology, because it's 2020, we're going to go to 2022, 2025. The technologies are only going to be increasing in terms of the marketplace and business. So you might as well be thinking how to sell online, how to sell with technology, right. how to right. learn about the new technologies. And this is all mm -hmm. part of your new business uh, thinking, especially for those industries that are starting to fall back right. moving forward. So it's both the pandemic and the shift of technology and business. Those two mm -hmm. forces together, you have to think of the new paradigm in long term. Absolutely. Yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, a lot of people are forced, myself included, forced to do things like I had never put that much effort into Facebook and, uh -huh, Twitter, and social but, media. But now, yeah, but now I'm starting as a result, you know, um, uh, yeah, this having is the time. My first year actually putting the full effort into podcasting. And, uh, right. you know, I, I've done different blogs and things before, but I, I see now in 2020 that it's just an overall way for me to communicate. So, hey, we're all, we're all learning and evolving as we go along. Yep. And we're hopefully we're helping. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, so, we're all pandemicpreneurs now. Yeah. So don't miss this opportunity because this is a major leap forward that every aspect of the society has, has to do. So uh, if you allow this leap forward to leave you behind, you'll be, you know, 10 steps further behind. Very hard, uh, yeah. Than before. So really force yourself to learn as I am, you know, how to uh, get more comfortable with marketing on Facebook and Twitter and that sort of thing. So anyone who wants to follow the uh, development can, can now find me on uh, twitter.com. Um, yeah, give them your, give them all of your, yeah, your, your, yeah. So basically the newer uh, social media handles you have for the pandemic preneur so okay. that they can follow you and find you on that. So and again, that's Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. So and first of all, the website, the website is thepandemicpreneur.com. Great. And Facebook, Facebook again, facebook.com slash pandemicpreneur. Twitter.com slash pandemicpreneur. Instagram.com slash pandemicpreneur. So whichever one of those works better, works better for you. 
you can follow me there or on all three. And of course, join the mailing list. Uh, yes, sign up to his email list. He's got a lot of great information. Just go to his website. You've also got the other website, waltgoodridge.com. That is w correct. W-A-L-T-G-O-O-D-R-I-D-G-E.com. That and that, that's that. basically your hub for you. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> so you can, read you can see his whole adventures. He's got an amazing story, amazing history and adventures. A lot of books and a lot of websites. So anybody and, out there listening, check that out. And finally, the, third, the seventh um, mindset is to think long-term. Mm -hmm. Think long-term. Uh, you're putting things in place now that are going to build and going to grow and eventually pay off. Some will pay off sooner, some will pay off later, but always keep in mind you're just putting bricks in place to build something that will have more value in the future. A lot of us have this um, microwave mentality where you True. think you can put something in a microwave and in two minutes it's done. But if yeah. you think about the, lo the long term, that's where the power comes from. That's where the power comes of doing a book that has a long shelf life. That's where the power comes from building a website now, even if you're not ready. So the power might pay off a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. But if you, if you have a short-term microwave mentality, you might give up. If you realize that you're building yeah. something for the long term, then you realize that every little bit that you, every little brick that you put in place will have some value later on. That's such an important point. I know people out there are listening, are used to Instagram, you know, mm -hmm. Facebook stories where, you know, Snapchat, TikTok, where everything is just instant. And, and we got to remember that although our environment is an instant flash environment of pictures and images and sites and stuff, we need to make sure that our mentality going into it is a growth-minded mentality, like a long-term mentality. You can't start a business like you're just doing one post on Instagram. <laughs> right. you know, it, it, right. it has to be something that's rooted. Let's go back to your formula. It has to be something that's really rooted in your purpose. If, if you, now, look, it doesn't, if you don't do it this way, it may succeed, but if you want the fulfillment and the success, it would need to be rooted in your purpose, harness your passions, be a product or service that's in alignment, and then be marketable and sellable within those realms of you so that you can really get it out there and people really gravitate toward it, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's the long-term thinking. So starting with your book, uh, Passion Profit, that would, that would get them into the long-term thinking mindset in sort of this microwavable short-term environment, which is ironic in a lot of ways. It's right. a paradox, right. you know, where people are used to short-term content but we've got to get them into the long-term mindset, which is a little challenging, but hopefully people out there understand what we're saying. Right, right. Well, I, I also hope that the people who are watching realize that it's going to be work. Yes, right? yes. They're going, to, they're going to have to learn something new. There's going to be effort involved. And what I always tell my coaching clients is, look, if it were easy, everyone would be doing it. Right. Uh, I am not here to sell people, you know, as there's a, a book that they... That was called The Lazy Man's Way to Riches. Yeah. That's, not, that's not the title of my book. Right. My book is going to take courage and discipline 
in order gotcha. to start your passion as well. If it were easy, everyone would be doing it. So if you are looking for, you know, what's the shortcut, what's the quick way to do it, this is not the book <laughs> or the philosophy for you. I am gotcha. telling you what I believe it takes, and there's no quick way to lose weight, there's no quick way to build muscle, there's no quick way to, you know, there, there has to be some courage and discipline involved. Discipline, and by discipline, I mean the ability to get up every day at four o'clock in the morning, when I wrote my first book, um, the first book on, uh, it was called Change the Game. It was called The Brass uh -huh. This Game of Exposure. And then right. I the Change the Game. Change the Game, yeah, I remember um, that one, yeah. The first 200 copies of the book that I sold over the course of a year or more were um, simply photocopied pages that were spiral bound. Wow. You follow me? Okay, so what yeah. I had to do every day was get up at four o'clock in the morning, take the subway down to the World Trade Center, go into the office before anyone else, stand up by the photocopy machine and photocopy 250 pages of my book, two or three copies, put it in my bag, work my day, work my job for the day, go home, use my, my binding machine to bind them, and then put them, you know, prepare them for mailing, then uh, come. Uh, back the next morning, go stand up at the post office and mail them out. The things every single wow. day for <laughs> over a year. That's that's what I mean. that's what I mean by discipline. Yeah, um, <laughs> and of course things are easier now. But but the equivalent you that of I, that now is maybe writing what right. you need to write, even just getting the book done now. Uh, you know whatever right. you have to do, right? Now whatever you have to do to um, to realize that you're building for something for which you might not see immediate returns, you know, for a while. Yeah. But to realize, to have the faith in it, to know that you're heading in the right direction and to keep at it, have the discipline to keep at it until it starts to, until you evolve to the place where it is, uh, has evolved and it's working for you. Because if the idea is based on your purpose, if it's allowing you to, to um, use your passion, then there's a very good chance that it has value. It's not, if it doesn't sell on the first day, it's not that it doesn't have value, it's that you simply haven't either communicated it correctly or you haven't reached, you're not out there sufficiently to reach the people mm -hmm. who will see the value. So don't give up, keep uh, at it, keep pushing forward because you're building something longer. And even if you change direction a little later on, this part of the journey is still necessary. Right, right. For you to get to the part where you see the, the fork in the road and go off in a different direction. Similar right. to what I did when I started in the music industry, I thought I was going to be uh, successful as a record label owner. But that's what took me to the point where the fellow on the phone said, you know, we need a book to show hip hop entrepreneurs how to write their own, how to start their own record label. And that's what took me in a slightly different direction. Uh, I've got another. Towards Good, good. Uh, I've got one other question for you regarding, regarding what you were just saying, actually. Uh, for some of the people that may have lost their jobs or um, don't really have a lot of income to start with, would you suggest that they start with some kind of service? Maybe they could do some freelancing online. There's a lot of sites where they can do freelance writing. I've done that before, a lot of freelance writing. Right. Or hire clients. What? or whatever, whatever matches with their purpose, but something that doesn't require them to produce a product until they have enough time 
to produce the product right. or a little hybrid of both while they're, they're getting things together? What would you say on that? Yeah, um, I know I haven't used it directly, but I know there are, um, there's guru.com. Yeah, sure like Upwork, uh, Guru. Okay. There's one, five, Upwork, Fiverr, Fiverr. Upwork, okay, Fiverr, right, right. Yeah, right. you can do so things as little as that. $5, $10, $20 to do graphics, to do, I say that there's always these three different areas. There's people that are good with like numbers and digital, um, mathematic type stuff, people that are good with graphics and people that are good with words, people that are good with their voice. Fiverr has all of those. Yeah. Translations. Translations. Transcriptions. So you may be working hourly doing these things from home as you're thinking of your right, purpose right, and your right, passion exactly. and your product. So there's no excuse. You can get it done even by doing some kind of little service Absolutely. while you're building your product. I um, and while you're building your product, you could also do something as simple as selling uh, ideas, catchy phrases, or really simple designs on T-shirts. Um, if you go. use a site like Redbubble, Redbubble.com. Okay, those are like the print-on-demand uh, type yes. sites. Yes, yes, like Cafe yep. Press, Redbubble. Yes, like ca Cafe Press. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, <laughs> That's what I used to use years ago. So cafe first now. So things like that. But I will have a chapter for people who are looking for something really short term or uh, fast return. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something Google, maybe some of it, maybe eBay as a way of selling something eBay. that you have on hand already. Yeah. Um, so there'll be a section on that. I already have some things in that section that you mentioned the. Uh, uh, guru sites, Elance, um, Upwork. Because I'm sure you know uh, there's yeah. a lot of people listening to us and they may be facing the, the car repossession, facing the eviction, facing, you know, needing food, needing to pay bills. We know, I just want you, I just want those people to know that we've been there right, right. <laughs> and we understand right. that that's part of the process. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you have to turn around and quit. It just means right. that these are some of the ways that you can pay for the little things while you're building for a better income coming right. in. Right, absolutely. So there will be that. Um, but you mentioned something that um, I want to comment on. One of the, I think that most of us here, if we take a look at the things that happen to us, everything that happens to you happens in order to teach you a lesson and everything to move you in a certain direction in life. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the lessons that many of us are here to learn is detachment. Mm. Not just detachment emotionally, but detachment from the physical. Mm. So I, I know people don't want to hear this in a pandemic, <laughs> but one of, the, one of the things that this may be an opportunity for you to learn is how to detach from the things you think are so important. Okay. But one of the ways you can do that uh, is to sell them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to make this like very practical for some people, let's say you have five leather coats, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a bunch of watches, uh, perhaps a right. lot of material stuff, maybe a bunch of yeah. electronics in your garage. Mm -hmm. There could be a lot of things you have material that you are thinking are naturally already a part of your 
your existence. Right. But in these times, these might be the leaping, the leaping ground for you to, to get yourself free enough to get your business going. Right, right. And that's exactly. To minimal, put it more minimal, bluntly. <laughs> yep, minimalism and the detachment from materialism, this will always be to your benefit. A lot yeah. of people have bought into the concept that the more they own, as, as that saying goes, you know, the person with the most things, person who dies with the most things wins. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people have bought into that and are just accumulating things, but you are never free. To yeah. the degree that you are attached to things, you cannot ever be free because just the weight, the um, psychic weight of having them in your possession, having to move with them, uh, every time yeah. you move, you know, carries a weight on you. So part of this um, uh, cleansing uh, that we're being allowed to experience will allow you to detach from the, all the material things that you think are so important. Because when it really close down to it, people are starting to realize that the most important thing is not the car, because right now the car can help you if it's um, uh, at home. Um, uh, self-isolation so people start to realize really easily what the most important things are that's their health and mm -hmm. their and food and shelter that's Absolutely. all that, that's all that really matters everything else everything else including yeah. your iphone and laptop and uh, stuff, I, was, I was just going to make a joke about that too like <laughs> yes some people argue but that's my communication <laughs> I've had times, I've had times where I, I, you know, the money, just whatever I was working on, it wasn't there. So I had to go get the little old school phone and mm -hmm. use it for a few months. It got me the yep, calls yep. that I needed to make and it was not the yep. fanciest iPhone, but once things got better, you know, yes, then you can go for a smartphone. There's even other types of smartphones now, believe it or not, it doesn't have to be thousand dollar iPhone you can get other brands and other things so we just have to be more flexible nowadays in these times absolutely absolutely just so no you need communication you need some things but you don't need that type of brand maybe or that type of material item right to get it done and ultimately ultimately for those who really want to go to the extreme um, <laughs> I'll just throw this point out now you realize that the only thing that really matters is that you have some food and you have a place to lie down and that's real that's deep yeah that and everything else you can do without everything else you can do without and ultimately the more what's more important is that you have a way that you can still make food now you know the, the, there's this new concept not new but there's this an urban farming the urban farmer concept okay starting to realize because yeah the, uh, that with the pandemic with the pandemic and the supply chains get uh, truncated okay. to get, get stopped. So what happens to you if your local Costco or your local uh, BJ's doesn't, the trucks aren't coming in because of the pandemic, you need a way to survive. Gotta that survive. Require money. Whole nother different subject on, you know, how to be. We'll, we'll come back. You're going to be back <laughs> more. That's why, you know, you're one of our featured guests to have as a cornerstone because we're going to cover a lot of these topics, but that's, right, right. we need to, these are realities that are now emerging in the uh, the world that we're in now, and and that's key. So you were saying with urban farming, they basically teaching people how to plant, uh, yep. set up little farms, even yep. apartment house. Yep. So how do you use the environment? 
because not everybody lives on a tropical island with access to coconut trees and mango trees and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Even I don't live on a tropical island. I still. <laughs> but hey, there are there are mango trees in Brazil though. Still, I could, ah, if I cool. really if I really really want to get some fresh mangoes, I know where to go. So. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, why don't we conclude with that and let the people digest uh, what we've done today. And uh, so basically everybody, this is going to be a series that we have with Walt about these specific topics, being a passionpreneur now, transitioning into a pandemicpreneur and some of the cornerstones. So if you leave us some feedback, you can also, uh, I'm gonna leave all the information for the, my blog and the website. If you have questions that you have for Walt, you can also send him to him or myself, and we'll we'll tailor these shows for you, um, how you can succeed as a pandemicpreneur, and you can make sure that you're financially stable and you're taking care of your family and you're making money remotely, and you're enjoying it a little bit as well as you go along. And uh, is there anything else you want to conclude about today's right. talk? Well, if, if there's a place either below the podcast or below the video cast for people to ask questions, definitely ask any questions that you'd like to see answered in the upcoming book. A lot of it has not been written yet. So if you there you go. Your question, uh, specific question, I could even uh, mention your name in the book if you'd like. Uh, so I'm working on it right now. So just put your questions, either mail them, email them to the bio or post them in the comment section of uh, this video or podcast. And I'll make sure uh, I'll make sure that bio says it. Thanks again, Wal. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. This has been a lot of value for our listeners. And uh, we look forward to having you back soon. Thanks a lot, bio. Have fun in Brazil. I'll see you later. Enjoy Saipan. <laughs> Okay. Talk to you later. Thanks for joining us this week on Sun Chase and Success. Make sure to visit our blog at www.olorunbooks.com slash blog. Again, that's O-L-O-R-U-N books.com slash blog. You can also subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of your favorite platforms, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on your preferred platform. Or you can simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out Bio's ebook, Secrets of Success Under the Sun. It's available at olorunbooks.com success. Subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your inbox. Until next time, Sun Chasers, cheers to your success.